How can we conceive of a being that has intention, feeling, and is capable of communicating and relating to us, but which cannot be seen physically? Should we even try, given that there might never be hope of catching any more than a tiny glimpse of an existence that's far beyond human comprehension? This is a reality that is beyond names and forms, words and thoughts, divisions and boundaries, as modern-day philosopher Ken Wilbur puts it. Should we further dare to ascribe a name to whoever or whatever we perceive the divine to be, a venture that some say is akin to blasphemy? Despite such apparent difficulties, many have had visions in which the Creator has been revealed to them, experienced a divine presence, or claimed to have had encounters with God that defy everyday experience. They are in good company. Moses, John the Evangelist, and the Prophet Muhammad number amongst those who have been shown something of what God is like. To want to be able to conceptualise the divine shouldn't then be taken as an impossibility, nor a desire that might be thought of as being particularly unusual. So it is when praying, at least for most of us, that we hang on to the idea of relating to a listening father or other supposed deity. It's true that when we fully dwell in the heart, our intentions will be communicated without a need for visualising the object of our prayer. Indeed, when we've plunged into the depths of the heart and have transcended normal consciousness, we'll arrive at a point where we are at one with the divine. In this state, our prayers will be his prayers, his voice will be our voice although rarely heard using sounds that are audible to the ear. But this isn't the normal experience of the novice spiritual seeker, nor for many others who set out along the road to deepen their relationship with the Absolute. Most of us spend much of our lifetimes wondering what God is like, and, in our childlike prayers, it helps if we can imagine the person or great being that we're speaking to. Given this starting point, how might we begin to relate to God? How might we conceive of the divine in terms that we might understand, without reducing him or her to a mere idol, or a fanciful creation of our imagination? At least some insight of what a living, communicating, identifiable God is like might be expected to come by contemplating and reflecting on the shared knowledge that's been passed down between generations. This vast body of knowledge brings together collected insight, teaching, and ideas of deity that are generally shared by all major faiths. This common insight may be expressed in different ways, sometimes as philosophy, sometimes as testimony, and sometimes as poetry. Those who strive to pass on the knowledge relate different stories using varying metaphors and images to suit their time and culture, yet speak of perennial truths that transcend religion. Collectively, the similarity and commonality in meaning between these various interpretations is striking. The lamps are different, says the great Persian poet Rumi, but the light is the same, it comes from beyond. This common foundation must provide us with a rich source from which to draw upon. Many who recognise a commonality in different faith paths also subscribe to the idea that there is one God and one way of achieving union with the divine. He, she, they or it, is conceived of as a personal being, as being manifested through multiple personalities, or not being conceived of as being a being at all, but rather as an all-pervading force that breathes life into the cosmos. 
To be able to call upon the deep treasury of knowledge that's come to be known as the perennial tradition is to step beyond the familiar teachings of the tradition that we might ordinarily subscribe to. The individuals whose writings we'll encounter in the following chapters, prophets, mystics and messengers of God, those who've tried to communicate the knowledge of the divine that's been made known to them to anyone who will listen, might be expected to have achieved a depth of knowledge about the nature of the source of all that is. They might be thought of as being helpful signposts towards understanding, perhaps even embodying something of the attributes about which they speak. It's clear that they do play this role well. However, the repeated message from their teaching is that they're not exceptional human beings, nor are they uniquely blessed with special understanding. The divine presence is within us, they say, or perhaps more accurately, both absorbing and surrounding every individual.